Just give Aidan a warm welcome as he comes up. Good morning, everybody. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for sending your son Jesus that we may be your children. And we ask that you would speak and move and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Today, I want to talk about Bethel, not the actual church or the movement, but uh, Bethel, as it appears in the Bible, if we could maybe have the first slide up, please, Peter. And I believe that God is a God of love. He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. God's heart is to bless he said to Abraham, he wanted to bless him in order that he would be a blessing. God wants to bless the families of the earth. That includes you, his children, and those who are not yet his children. He wants to bless you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that it's so important? You've got to believe that God wants to bless our lives. He wants our lives to shine. And in fact, God has called us, his children, the church, the people of God to be the, 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 the means or the conduit by which he blesses the families of the earth. God has called us, if you like, the church's people, to be the gate of heaven. We are the house of God. We are the means by which God wants to touch earth with the kingdom of heaven. We know heaven and earth are separate, but God has provided a means and a way by which heaven can touch earth and bless the kingdom of earth with the kingdom of heaven. As Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven today. I hope to be able to convince you and show you that the house of God is none other than you and I, the church of God, by which God wants to bless the peoples of the earth. He wants heaven to be released now upon the earth. He wants the kingdom of heaven to come in our lives, that we would walk in the kingdom of heaven, and we would be the gate to heaven by which people would come in contact with us, and we would be the means by which they experience heaven. So I'm a little bit excited about that. I'm a little bit excited. Uh, um, who's going to read my passage today? I asked somebody to read my passage. Who is it? Aaron Lee Square is it? Is Aaron here? Well, he's on gangs. I said I was going to ask him to read it before he went on gangs. Enough. It never worked. Okay. Well, in Genesis 28, we'll get to it. But in Genesis 28, Jacob, he leaves Beersheba, and he's on a 550-mile journey. Now, from here to London is less than 500 miles, so it's safe to say it's quite a journey. He's on a 550-mile journey by foot to Padan Aram, fleeing the wrath and anger of his twin brother Esau, and he arrives at a place called Luz. It's about 20 miles north of Jerusalem, and he's weary. He's weary perhaps from the physical endurance of the journey that he has begun, but he's also weary from burden. Sure, he's left with his father Isaac's blessing, albeit he deceived him into receiving that blessing, but he also fled from the anger 
of his twin brother. Because Jacob, which means deceitful, means deceit, had deceived his brother. And his brother, in fact, he deceived him twice. And his brother was furious and ready to kill him. And he was fleeing that. So he was fleeing with the blessing, but he was fleeing from uh, his, his wrath of his brother. Jacob's father was called Isaac, who was married to Rebekah. Isaac's father, as we know, was Abraham, the father of the faith. Abraham was promised a son, and we know that Abraham took Hagar and they had Ishmael because they tried to take the plan of God into his own hands, and yet God wanted him to have laughter. He wanted Abraham to know when he promises something, he can do it. When God promises something, your mind doesn't need to understand how he's going to do it. You just need to believe. And he, he did receive a son in a very old age, so old that uh, Sarah laughed, and they called the baby laughter Isaac. So Isaac and Rebekah had twins, and as we are told in the account in Genesis, the twins wrestled in her womb, and she inquired what this meant, and she was informed that there was going to be a struggle between these two brothers. And this was evidenced by the fact when they were born that Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel. Even at birth, he was like trying to grab hold of something that his brother had. He was trying to get, he longed for what was by birthright the oldest sons. We learn, uh, slide two please. We learn about Esau. In fact, let's go to the next one. We learn about Esau. He's the big, red, hairy, strong one. He was the man of the field. He liked to capture game. And because he liked to capture game, he was his father Isaac's favorite. Right there, we have biblical evidence that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Amen, brothers. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. It is, by the way, it's true. We're so shallow, us men. Um, Jacob, on the other hand, he was a, a quiet man, in his, uh, as he was brought up, he was a quiet man. He liked to dwell in tents, and he's the kind of guy that would probably like to cuddle up with his mother, Rebecca, with his cozy milk and sookie blanket and watch CBeebies. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that, and I get an excuse. Um, so yeah, he was, the, he was the quieter of the two, and hence he was Rebecca's favorite. We see that um, one day Esau came in from the field. He was famished, he was hungry, and his brother Jacob was cooking a stew, and he asked him for some of a stew. And rather than Jacob just be generous and kind-hearted and say, of course, my brother, let's share in the stew, he decided to deceive him and to trick him and to sell in his birthright. And we're told in Hebrews that uh, Esau despised his birthright. And he was willing, you know, considering what use is his birthright to me, I'm, I'm not nearly dead. He didn't understand the significance and importance of the birthright. The birthright was the right of the firstborn son for the blessing. And it included the blessing of Abraham for the promised land, the line of descent of the Messiah, and God's plan of redemption for a whole of mankind was linked to that birthright. He didn't understand that, he didn't comprehend that, he was willing to sell all of that for a bowl of stew. And he, he deceived them and tricked them. That was the first occasion. The second occasion was Rebecca, um, their mother, heard Isaac discussing that he was going to bless his sons. And he was going to bless his oldest, the firstborn, with the birthright. 
And in biblical times, the blessing was powerful. It, could not, it was irrevocable. It couldn't be taken back. It couldn't be reversed. Once it was spoken and released, that was it. It was done. So Rebecca heard of this, and she decided that she was going to trick her blind husband. And it involved her getting Jacob into the... Esau was away, capturing his favorite father, his, his, his dad's favorite game that he liked to make his favorite dinner. And it involved deception in which Jacob would wear his brother's garments. He would have goat skins put on the back of his hand and his neck because Esau was a hairy red man. And even if blind Isaac went to touch his neck and touch his hands and felt he wasn't hairy, he would know. He would. So he goes, and he's willing and participates in the deception, lying to his father, pretending to be Esau. And it works. He, he doesn't recognize his voice at first, but he managed to convince them because of the hair. And he releases this tremendous blessing. Of course, Esau finds out when he comes back and his father finds out what has been done. And Esau is raging. He's mad. He's lost the blessing of the firstborn son. It's been released to Jacob the deceiver. Jacob has a blessing, which included the, the, the right to rule over his brother. It included Abraham a blessing, which included the promised land. It included the line of promise to the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And Jacob had it by deception. So, Esau vows that he's going to kill his brother. I mean, the Bible's great, isn't it? It's uh, just great stories. It's full of flawed people. You're flawed, welcome. If you're flawed, welcome to the family of God because it's flawed people. It's full of people with problems, with issues, with weaknesses, full of sin. And what you can be encouraged by doesn't stop God choosing them and using them and blessing them. So, his mother thinks, I better protect my, my favorite, Jacob. What I'll do is I'm going to send them to my brother Laban. He's got some beautiful daughters, single men. In the Bible times, finding a wife was a little bit more strategic than just praying. They had to do certain things. And here we have a good example where the mother decides to send them to her brother, who's 550 miles north of Beersheba in a place called Padan Aram. And tells Isaac that she wants to send her son away. And he um, sends his son away to protect him. And uh, because he, so, so he's fleeing. He's fleeing on this 55-mile journey. In our passage that we're about to pick up, he arrives and he's weary. He's tired. He lies under the stars, puts his head on a stone, he lies under the stars, the same stars that God has shown to his grandfather Abraham, who had promised that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. He lies weary, burdened from the, the journey that lay ahead of him and coming to terms with his brother, knowing that he could never return. Will I ever see my father again? Will I see him before his death? And he lays his head upon a stone. And we read in Genesis chapter 28, if you've got your Bible, your electronic Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, your whatever, Holy Bible, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, it says, Jacob left Beersheba, he went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place. He stayed there that night because the sun had set. 
And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head. He lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder or a stairway set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread about to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in you and your offspring shall the families of the earth be blessed. He repeats the blessing to his grandfather Abraham, to Jacob now. Behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you will go. Sounds like what Jesus said when he departed to heaven. I will bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. We see in verse 19, he called the name of that place Bethel, which means house of God, but the name of the city was Luz at first. So he gets his vision of a ladder or a stairway, and uh, some believe it might have been a vision like the um, ziggurats. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. I've not studied Hebrew or Greek, but we can have the next slide, please, which was a, a temple tower that's been found by archaeologists in Mesopotamia about two to 3,000 years BC. If we've got the next slide, please, Peter. An ancient ziggurat was uh, made by the false religions. Next slide. That's it. There we go. It was made by the people of the false religions in order that their god could have a helipad. The God needed a helipad to meet with the people. He needed to land at the top of these structures. So they built these big structures. They were in layers like squared off wedding cakes. And they had staircases which descended from the earth up to the heavens where the God resided, if you like. And some believe this was the structure that they were trying to build when they built the Tower of Babel, that they were trying to copy the patterns that they saw and trying to come to gods on the terms that they determined rather than the terms that God had determined. And we see that there was a, a stairway. That, um, so this may be the stairway he saw. We don't know. But it's probably not the metal ladder that we assume we have this idea. You know, the ladder that goes up to your attic and it slides and it's got things like that. And they just say, woohoo, and the angels are going up like this. I'm not quite sure it would be like that. I can't guarantee that's what it was like. But anyway, it was a stairway or a ladder of some sort. But what's more important is its purpose rather than its structure. There was an ancient... Um, Ziggurat found at Lara, a place called Larsa, and this is what it was called by the people, and it gives us an interesting uh, insight into the purpose of the stairway, and it was called the house of the link between heaven and earth. The house of the link between heaven and earth. Because in Jacob's dream, there was a stairway that ascended from earth, it touched earth, and it touched heaven. And messengers were coming down from heaven to earth, and messengers were going up from earth to heaven, and the Lord, none other than Yahweh, God himself, appeared and came down the ladder, came down from heaven, came down to earth, and visited Jacob and spoke to him. God was in the center. We see that the stairway in his dream provided a link between heaven 
and earth. As we know, the kingdoms of heaven and earth are separate. They're not, they're, not, um, they're not connected in any particular way. But this showed that there was a way, there was a possibility that somehow something of heaven could touch earth. That there could be a connection. There could be a way where it is possible for someone to come from heaven to earth and to reveal this place. And it's possible for the people of earth to ascend a stairway into the presence of God in heaven. And God came down and he met with them. Now, verse 13, as I said, it describes a blessing. The Lord stood above it. I am the Lord, the God of your father. The land in which you lie, I will give to you. So included the land, your offspring shall be. Now, verse 14 is incredible. We allow the Holy Spirit to give us some revelation. It says in verse 14, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. Who are the offspring of Abraham? That's my first question. Who are the offspring? Initially, it was the Israelites, but when Jesus came, the gospel went to the Gentiles, and those who by faith would become joined to the family of God. So the offspring of Abraham are all true believers in Yahweh. So the offspring that he's talking about is you. It's the church of God on the earth today. And he says, 14, it shall be like the dust of the earth. It's going to be numerous. God's people are numerous on the earth today. Probably the most numerous religion uh, numerically on the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west. This is true. We've seen it in our day. The east, we have Christians. The north, we have Christians. The south, we have Christians. And then you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What was the blessing? He says, I want to bless the people of the earth. People want blessing. They're in trouble. God, I need you to fix my marriage. God, I need you to fix my life. God, I need you to fix my job. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. You know what? God does it. Out of his goodness and his love, he fixes that. But people, that's not what we need. That is not our ultimate need. The, the, the blessing is in the very next verse in 15. He says, I am with you. What is the greatest blessing? The greatest blessing is the presence of God in your life. There is no greater blessing than the presence of God, being united with God, being one with God, being in God's family, being His children, Him being your Father. That is the greatest blessing and the source from which every other blessing flows in our life. Your source of blessing is having a father. Your source of blessing is having someone who loves you so much. He wants to bless you if you will believe and understand that he is a God who loves to give. He says in verse 15, this is the blessing. I am with you. The greatest blessing is to have someone with you, a paracletos, a comforter, someone was called, called alongside who will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will keep you, someone who will protect you, who will guard you, who will guard you from the deception of your own heart, who will guard you from the deception of others, who will guard you from evil, who will guard you from danger, who will guard you from sickness. He says, I will not leave you. We need the assurance that we've been betrayed, but he will never leave us, and I will fulfill 
fulfill my promise to you. That is a promise. That is a blessing. I will fulfill my promise to you. What is a blessing? His presence. How will the families of the earth be blessed? The blessing is his presence. We have heaven. We have earth. We have the people of earth, the families of the earth on earth. We have God and his presence in heaven. How is God going to bless the people of earth with his presence? There needs to be a connection. There needs to be a stairway. There needs to be a ladder. And people, that ladder, that connection is Jesus Christ and his church. It's the people of God that are called to be the connection, the gateway to heaven, the house of God, the way by which the families of the earth are able to see heaven, have observed with their eyes evidence of the reality of heaven, be able to experience the evidence of the reality of heaven through the church of God. The church of God is the one who we are on the earth and we are in heaven because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in the midst of the church, we are the connection people. If people of this earth are going to see and witness and feel and experience heaven, it's going to be through the church of God. This is the gateway to heaven. When people come in these doors together as we're gathered on a Sunday, when we're out on our own, where two or three are gathered, there he is, is in our midst. When we invite people into our communities, into our families, people, it's so that they may experience heaven. They may, like Jacob, respond, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gateway of heaven, and know that God is in this place because they see the reality of the kingdom. Why did, why, did, why did God lead his people to the promised land? Was it for the milk? Was it for the honey? Was that the greatest blessing? No, it wasn't. The greatest blessing was that God may dwell among his people, that they may, he may be their God and they may be his people. The greatest blessing of the promised land that God was going to make a way possible was just a foreshadow of the reality that would come through Jesus Christ of God dwelling in a temple with his people. That was the greatest blessing. And that's why Moses later on would say in Exodus 33 on your screens, I haven't got in front of me, so let me read it. If your presence does not go with me, do not bring us up from here, for how shall it be known that we have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct? What is it that makes us distinct from every other religion? What is it that makes us distinct from the people of God, from the people of the earth? What makes us distinct, people, is the presence of God. And if God is not with us, do not send us from here because we cannot defeat our enemies. We cannot live how you want us to live, God. Do not send us from here. I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth. God wants to bless the families of the earth in you and your offspring. It says, in you and your offspring. It's through the church that the families of the earth are going to be blessed, people. God wants the people of earth to come to a stairway, to experience heaven, to, to experience his presence. And like uh, Jacob, when they come to the house of God, when they come, not just on a Sunday morning, but when you're out on the streets, when you're together, when you're inviting people to live in community with you, and they see and witness and feel and experience a touch of the kingdom of heaven, this is how they should respond. Surely the Lord is in this place. Atheists will wake up when they see the reality of the kingdom in you and I and in God's people. When they see their love, 
that you have for one another, then shall they believe because the love for one another, the sacrificial love that we have for one another is distinct from the people of the earth. It's when they see the people of God living in the kingdom Atheists will say, surely the Lord is in this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. How awesome is this place? That's the purpose of the church. Verse 16 says, and sorry, and then he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Now we're getting there. This is the first time the house of God is mentioned, or even that God has a house. There's a law or principle of first mention in the Bible, which means that the first time a word is mentioned, it reveals a particular importance or significance of the meaning of that word. This is the first time reference to the house of God appears in the Bible. The very first time, and it reveals an important aspect. And here's the aspect. Did you catch it? What is the aspect of the house of God that this vision can help us? This is a revelation of the truth of Scripture. The prophetic dreams and visions help us to understand the truths of the Bible. They give us particular insight. What is the the significant, important aspect? He says, this is the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The house of God is a gate to heaven. The house of God is a place of access to heaven. People of the earth need heaven. They need grace. They need strength. They need hope. They need forgiveness. They need assurance. And the place of access to heaven is the house of God. This is the most basic revelation of what the house of God is called to be. This is the most basic revelation and understanding of the purpose of the church to be the gateway to heaven, to be through your offspring shall the people of the earth be blessed. Blessed with what? His presence, the kingdom. What does 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says? You are God's building. You are the house of God. You are God's building. 3.16 says, you are God's temple and His Holy Spirit dwells in you. God's Spirit dwells in you. You are the house of God. God dwells in you. You are the connection to heaven for the people on the face of the earth. And people will experience much of heaven as you are revealing heaven to them. God's house is a place of access to heaven. Jesus even said, when two or three are gathered in my midst, he says this in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. You don't need hundreds for you to be the house of God. There's a particular special manifestation of the presence of God when two or three are gathered. When you're going witnessing, take somebody with you. I did that on Friday night 
with Mike Fisher came with me. And I tell you what, I felt the strength. I felt the strength of God's presence. I felt the strength of having support. We were witnessing together. We were sharing together. We were reaching out together. We were praying together. Is my friend here? Is my friend Gavin? Gavin, waving at the back. Let's, let's put our hands together and welcome my friend Gavin, who's made it here this morning. I didn't tell Gavin I was speaking this morning, so uh, I want to embarrass you, my friend, more than I've already done. <laughs> so Jacob's stairway lets us see our purpose is ascend to heaven, and then, the next slide, please, slide eight, which I think is maybe the last one. I've got a video to show you. We've got communion. <sighs> Jacob's stairway lets us see their purpose is to ascend to heaven. Next one, I think. Jacob's stairway lets us see our purpose is to ascend to heaven and then descend to earth with the evidence of heaven's reality. Jesus withdrew to be alone with the Father. He withdrew to ascend into the place of heaven to be into God's presence so that when the sick came in touch with him, he could release the reality of heaven. You see, Jesus demonstrated, this is how Jesus lived. He demonstrated the kingdom. Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when Jesus walked in the authority of the kingdom, and look what happens when the authority of heaven touches earth. When Jesus touches the cripple, the windows of heaven are opened, and there's a stairway and a connection for the cripple to release the healing power of the cripple, and the cripple walks. Looks what happened when the authority of heaven touches a young boy's lunch. Because in heaven, there's no lack. In heaven, there is provision. So the kingdom of heaven touches a small boy's lunch, and there's an overflow. There's an overflow. 5,000 men, probably up to fifteen to 20,000 people were fed, and there was basketfuls left over when heaven is released onto earth, because there is no lack in heaven, people. Look what happens when the king, Jesus just opened the window of heaven a little. When his mother came to him and says, they have no wine. And what happened? We see the, Jesus turned these big vats of water into wine. He opened the, the kingdom of heaven a little and released it onto the earth. And you and I are called to preach the good news of the kingdom. We are called to be ambassadors of the king on this earth, revealing and opening the windows of heaven to those that we come into contact we're called to release heaven on earth. Jesus taught us to pray that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm going to just mention this for two minutes, but in John chapter 1, and I want to show you a video, verse 43. John 1, 43, it says, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. 
the son of Joseph. So Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. That's a strange thing to say. He's a descendant of Jacob, which means deceiver. And it seems that Jesus is comparing Nathanael favorably to his ancient ancestor and saying, here is an Israelite, here's a descendant of Israel, here's a descendant, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, in whom there is no deceit. So he's commending him, to, he's comparing him favorably to his ancient ancestor. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Some strange. What do you mean I saw you when I was under the fig tree? But Nathanael's response is incredible. He says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Whatever he was doing under that fig tree was something special. It was something precious. It was something that if someone knew he was there doing it, whatever he was doing, perhaps he was having devotions. Perhaps he was having communion with the Lord himself who was actually on the earth walking and about to meet him. Probably he was, maybe he was in communion already with the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth who was walking on the earth. And when he said, I saw you, he knew straight away that he was the Messiah, the King of Israel. Jesus said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you will see greater things than these? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending. Does that ring any bells? You will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You're impressed with that little word of knowledge about the fig tree? You're going to see much greater things than that. You're going to see a fulfillment of the dream that your ancient ancestor Jacob had. Jacob had this dream where heaven could touch earth, where God could come from heaven to earth. I am the fulfillment of the dream. I am the reality of the stairway. I am the God who came down the stairway. I am the stairway. I am the one who has laid down my life, who has shed my blood upon the cross that whoever believes can join him in ascending the stairway from earth to heaven into the very real throne room of God and experience the throne room of God and descend back to earth. You're impressed with that little word of knowledge. You're going to see something greater. Jesus revealed what the Old Testament foreshadowed Jesus became the reality of. Wherever Jesus is becomes the new Bethel. Wherever Jesus is becomes a new prayer. Let's watch this video, and then we're going to take communion, and we're going to allow God to touch our life. Let's just watch what happens when the, the, the windows of heaven, and just allow, just come like a child to this, okay? Don't analyze it with your mind. Come like a child, and listen through your heart. Let's just see what happens when the kingdom of heaven is open just a little. Let's play that video, Peter, and then... Not that one, the, uh, the other one. The, um, just play it when you get it, Peter. I'll talk, but just, just play it, and then as soon as it plays, I'll be quiet. So you better find it quick. <laughs> I'm here on the set of our new TV show, Glory City TV. The episodes will be out in a few months and we'll let you know where you can find them. 
I want to show you just a short section of this TV show of an interview we did with Todd White. Have a look at this. We're going to go to our revivalist hot seat right now. And today we have Todd White sharing. Todd had an amazing encounter with God that just compelled him to go and share the love of God in the word of knowledge and healing out on the street. But his wife didn't understand this radical change that happened in Todd's life and it caused a bit of conflict. But watch and see how God moved. You'll enjoy this. This is it just starting now, so hopefully the kingdom of heaven is going to touch My earth wife and for eight and a half months some visuals. wouldn't go in public with me. I don't want to share how breakthrough happened. Sure. So one day, my wife says to me, she says, I'm going to go to the, to the grocery store with you today. And I said, no way. She goes, but I will not. How are you doing, guys? Two seconds. The Lord loves to grow my patience. That's why he's given me four daughters. <laughs> I'm here on the set of our new TV show, Glory City TV, the episode. Yeah, it is worth it. Okay. Um, guys, you take two minutes, try and get that fixed for me, please. And uh, I'm going to read Luke 22, 15 to 20. We're going to, you know, listen, what I want to say to you today, wherever you're at in your life, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you, people. You may have been trying to climb a wall, whatever that wall is, in your own strength. And you keep finding that you cannot scale that wall, you cannot get over that wall, you cannot climb it, you keep seeming to slip off. Well, with God's help, you can scale any wall. God wants to bless your life, people. But here's how he blesses it. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And it's, here's how blessing comes. Jesus said, he who hears my words and puts them into practice is like the man who built his house upon a rock. How does blessing come? It's to hear the words of Jesus Christ. It's to put them into practice and to fully commit. Yeah, if we could go past that bit just to be the bit where Todd, just forward it to the bit where Todd comes on. And there's an invitation open today, people. And as we share communion, this, Jesus said, this is my body that was broken for you. We can touch, like the woman who had the flow of blood for many years, she touched Jesus' body, and power was released from heaven. Jesus says, whoever eats of this bread eats of my body. If you eat of this bread in faith, you can touch Jesus like that woman with the flow of blood. You can touch heaven and release heaven into your life through faith, through the blood. For what does Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 say? He was pierced for our iniquities. He was crushed for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Have we got that ready to go? Let's do it. My wife, for eight and a half months, wouldn't go in public with me. And I want to share how breakthrough happened. Sure. Okay, so one day, my wife says to me, she says, 
I'm going to go to the, to the grocery store with you today. And I said, no way. She goes, but I will not be with you in this store. You will go to one side, I will go to another. You'll get your things, I will get my things. You have a debit card, I have a debit card, we'll meet in the car. Do not take long. She goes, the only reason I'm going is so you don't take long because I want to get this thing done. So it's eight and a half months in, she's never went. Destiny, my daughter is freaking out because my wife has never wanted to go to public, in public with us. So we go, I shop, there's a problem. I see a lady in a scooter that needs prayer and my wife is in the store. So I forget that she's in the store because we're on one side, she's on the other. So we start, we go up to this lady and ask her if we can pray. And she goes, I pray, honey. I, I watch a certain uh, evangelist on TV. Uh, she goes, and I pray every night. I go, but you're hurting still. Her granddaughter's with her. She said, I said, what happened to you? Is it your knees or what is it? I didn't have a word of knowledge. She said, 27 years ago, I had four back surgeries. She said, and I've been crippled since then. She cannot bend up straight and her back is fused straight like this in a seated position because of the pain. And I said, can we please pray for you? And she won't let me. So I looked at her granddaughter and I said, do you wanna have your grandma play with you again? And her granddaughter's the same age as my daughter. Her granddaughter looked at her and she goes, yes, I do. And grandma looks at me like, I can't believe you just did that. Like, why would you bring my granddaughter into this? I said, please let us pray for you. So she. She lets us pray, not without rebuttal, but she lets us pray. We pray for this lady. She's in the chair. I ask her to get out of the chair just to see. And so she says, honey, I'm in severe pain. My granddaughter had to drive the scooter to the car to get me, to get me into the car, to get me into the store, or to get me into the scooter, to get me into the store. I go, please. She goes, grandma, please check your back. Her granddaughter, who's not a Christian. She gets up, she stands, she's bent over, she's shaking. And I said, come on, let's pray again. So we prayed again. And all of a sudden, I felt something move underneath my hand. And this lady that's been fused for 27 years, she stands up and she starts moving around. Her granddaughter's like, oh, Grandma! And Grandma's like, she's crying. She's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And the granddaughter looks at Grandma. She goes, Grandma, run! And so Grandma goes, run, I can hardly walk. She goes, come on! And she grabs her Grandma's hand. Yeah. And they run to the end of the aisle. And my daughter and I are there and I'm crying my eyes out because this is a miracle, dude. It's what God does because wow. he's a miracle working God. She comes back and she comes back to me and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This lady's crying. Yes, granddaughter's so thankful that she has her grandma because she's never, ever been able to play with her grandma because her grandma's been like that for 27 years, man. Now she ran with her grandma for the first time in her whole life, dude. That to me is everything. My wife comes in the aisle and we're in the middle of the aisle and I look down and I see my wife and she's just looking at me, shaking her head. My daughter's like, oh. a lady looks at me and she goes, what's wrong? And I said, no, nothing. That's my best friend down there. So can you please go tell my wife what just happened? Her name's Jackie. So the lady goes, I absolutely will. She goes, I can walk. She stood up, walked down. My wife's so angry, man. This lady's coming down. Destiny's behind me. Dad, what's mom doing? I said, she's really mad right now. Really, really mad, honey. I said, pray for mama. The granddaughter's looking at me like, why is she mad? I said, it's okay. She just doesn't understand. But everything's about to change. And I'm prophesying and declaring what's going to happen. And this, this woman's coming down, talking to my wife. My wife looking at me like, I can't believe you're telling her to talk to me. 
and I know what she's thinking. Then she talks to her, and all of a sudden, my wife looks at her, looks at me. She bursts into tears, holds this lady. They're crying, and I'm like, Destiny, Mom's crying. She goes, why is she crying? I said, because she's hugging the lady right now. Wow. She's hugging her. And my daughter's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, this is amazing. The grandma comes up. She comes up. My wife won't talk to me. She's She's sobbing. She is a weeping, sobbing mess. I'm sobbing. I hug this lady. The granddaughter drives the scooter out. We get home. I unpack the groceries. I, she doesn't say a word to me, and I don't say anything because I don't want to mess this up, man, because God's doing it. He's the one. He's doing it. I go back to the bedroom. I'm crying on my bed for probably an hour and a half, just sobbing. I come out. My wife is on the couch still crying. I asked, what happened? And she said, God spoke to me. I said, what did he say? Because he's never spoken to my wife. She said, he told me that you just believe him, that it really hasn't been you. It's been him in you that's been doing these things, she said. And who am I to stand in the way of God? So we held each other, and the persecution was ended at that moment. Yeah. But it was eight and a half months of hell like for her because she didn't understand and if you would just break through and if you would just believe the gospel and press in and not be concerned about other people around you as you are concerned with your relationship with Christ let that be your principle and your primary concern finally the Amen. normal Christian Amen. life let's stand to our feet just play the other video of the song please uh, Peter let's just stand to our feet shall we just play, play that song for me, thank you. Luke twenty-two fifteen. it says, And he said to them, I have earnestly desire to eat this Passover you. If the recording, if the recording could just keep going through the ministry time, please, because I believe there'll be people that will be listening to the recording, whether it's in the car or wherever, and sometimes the word comes to an end and it stops. But if you're able to keep the recording going through the ministry, because God's going to touch you if you're listening to the recording also. I tell you, I will not, just play that video, thank you. I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, of the first eight people, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, if you eight could please just take a glass and just come and stand in front of the stage. Just spread yourself out in front of the stage. And take a big chunk of bread each. It says, I tell you, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, this, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and given, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, the cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. People, Jesus Christ shed his blood upon the cross. His body was broken and torn for you so that you could receive forgiveness of your sins, so that you could be blessed by God. The times of refreshing would come. And it starts when we realize I'm a sinner. I've been following my own way. I've been going my own way. I've, God's ways have not been a priority in my life. I've gone my own way. I've followed my own way. I've been concerned with myself and not with God. Jesus says if you will repent, that means turn around. If you will come to Him in faith, 
and give him your whole life. Listen, it doesn't work, people. If you just come and just say, I'm just, just going to give him half my heart. I'll give this a go. No, people. You give him your all. Give him your all. Give him everything. Surrender your whole. You've, listen, you've tried everything else and it's not worked. That's why you're in the mess you're in. Now give him your all, people. Say, Lord Jesus, I, today I just come to you. I come to your blood that was shed for me so that my sins could be washed away, so that I could be made the righteousness of God. That means Jesus' righteousness, his perfect righteousness is given to you as a gift, as a cloak. It's given to you. It covers you. That's why you're blessed, people. You're blessed by faith and by faith alone. You say, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I can't keep it. That's why you should come. That's why you should come because Jesus lived the life that you could never. He says, surely he took up our suffering. Surely he carried our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him stricken and afflicted. Yet he was pierced for our transgressions. That's our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's our suffering. The punishment that brought us peace with God and peace in our hearts and peace to live a life was upon him and by his wounds you are healed. Today people, you can touch heaven. We're in the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. What is your lack? What is your need today? Are you like the woman with the flow of blood that needs a touch of healing? Do you need provision? Do you need a job? God is blessed. God loves to bless people. Sometimes He does it instantaneously. Sometimes you need to knock and keep on knocking, asking, keep on asking, seeking, keep on seeking until that thing which you desire comes. God knows the perfect timing for you. He might not want to give it to you too soon. And He has a reason and a purpose that we may not know or understand. So people, today I'm going to invite you. If you've not in a place where you're giving Jesus Christ your all, you are not confident that if you die you're going to heaven right now if you're not following Jesus and he's first and foremost in your life just now and you want to join his family and be his child and you want a blessing God repeat this prayer everybody together Lord Jesus I surrender today I need you in my life I need a touch of heaven in my life I confess Lord Jesus I have sinned against you many times and I come before you and ask for your forgiveness. Forgive my sins, Lord. Wash them away. Come into my life. Give me your Holy Spirit. Let times of refreshing come into my life. Make me brand new. Join me to your family. Let me touch heaven today, Lord. And just tell them what you need. Say, touch my life, Lord. Just say, I'm desperate for you, Lord. I'll bless my life, come into my life. Now, if you said that today and you meant it, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, put your hand up nice and high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Wonderful. Anybody else? Well, praise God. You put your hand down together with your family. Welcome. God's family. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Though you forsake him and though you, you fall and stumble many times, he'll never leave you, never forsake you. God's going to bless your life. Give yourself wholly and fully to him. And he will, people. You can't see it. 
You're in such a mess. You're like, I don't know how he can do it. Just trust him like a child. Trust him. I can see, you know, there was broken people like this man. And I used to think, how can God sort this man out? People, he's blessed. The blessing of God is upon him. He's got a wonderful job. He's got a wonderful wife. He's got eternal life. He's got destiny. He's got purpose. He was messed up. If God can do it in Stuart, my goodness, he can do it in anybody. Amen. If he can do it in me, he can do it in anybody. Your life is so messed up. Just give it them all. Give it to Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. So people, come down the front. Take some bread. Take, join them in the blood. And just stand at the front. We're just going to stay for two minutes. And then we're going to have a bonanza. We're going to have a celebration. Bonanza means prosperity. And we're entering a time of prosperity. When you come into God's kingdom, you enter that time of blessing and prosperity. So come, just invite you. Come down now. Just come, take some bread, take a drink of the blood and just stand at the front and let's just worship. Let's just turn that, turn that. Just once you've taken it, maybe just take, take your bread and just stand at the sides. Just so you're not blocking the next people. Just take some and then just stand at the sides and just stand. Let's turn that volume up a wee bit, please. And we're going to pray. As you're drinking of the blood and taking of the body, God commands a blessing people when we obey him. God commands a blessing and his blessing is coming upon this church. His blessing is coming upon your life. Sickness and believing. We're going to open the window of heaven. Jesus, we're saying, open the window of heaven just a little today, Lord, upon each life. Jesus, as they touch your body, just play it again, thank you. As they touch your body in faith, Lord. Jesus, let power be released from heaven. They're touching the stairway today. They're coming to the stairway. They're coming to the gate of heaven. They're coming to the house of God who is Jesus Christ. And heaven is opened up into your situation. Heaven is falling into your situation. The blessing of God is going to come. He's got grace for your situation, people. He's got grace and strength. You know, Jacob, despite being deceitful, despite all that has happened to him, God unconditionally pursued him and God continued with his blessing. Nothing you've done, nothing done to you can stop the flow of God's blessing that he wants to give to you. There is nothing that can stop the blessing of God if you will just believe. So let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ just lift your hands like this to receive from the Holy Spirit. Just let the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, just let Him touch you now. Just let Him touch you now. Just turn that volume up a little bit more, please, David. Turn the volume up. His healing is here. Jesus, let Him touch your broken heart right now. Let Him touch your situation. Just give Him your brokenness. Give him your lack. Reach my hands Give him your sickness. To the Receive touch of heaven. Receive supernatural strength and power strong. for the days ahead. Receive freedom from condemnation. If you touch his blood today, the freedom from condemnation. Condemnation must flee right now. By the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you're healed. Once everybody's partaken of the blood, the blood and the bread, there's those that are passing around, just share it amongst yourselves also. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We celebrate today, Lord. We celebrate with Burger Bonanza. 
the great things that you're doing in our life, Lord. We celebrate new life today, Lord. We thank you those in darkness have come into the kingdom of light. If you would like prayer, hands laid on you. Just stay down the front. We're just going to pray and close the service, but we're going to stay for anybody that wants hands laid on them. If you want prayer particularly, just stand in front of these people at the front. Just stand and lay hands and just pray blessing. If you want particular prayer for something, just, just come and stand here. We'll pray for you. Lord, we love you. You're our Savior, Lord. Through this blood, we declare we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Through the blood, we declare our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Through your blood, we declare that we are royal sons and royal kings of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Through your blood, we declare that sickness must flee from our life. Through your blood, we declare protection from the evil one over our children, over our partners, over our families, whether they're believing or not. We declare blessing. We declare protection through the blood of Jesus. Through His broken body, we declare, my body is healed. We declare my sickness is healed. And we thank you for it, Lord. And maybe instantaneously, and may progressively come with this fulfillment in heaven. But people, let's believe. Jesus, we thank you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our guilt has been paid. It is washed away. Our sin is removed. We are the children of God. And Lord, let the oil of your joy flow through us in this bonanza. Let the oil of your joy flow through us. Jesus, the fruit of your spirit is joy and peace. Your, one, your kingdom is one of righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. So we declare, Lord, let your joy bubble up in our lives. Let us be the bubbliest, joyful, lightest people on the face of the earth. Not because we don't have problems, but we've got a dad who's taking care of them. We've got a rich dad, people. You've got a rich dad. That's all you need. That's all you need. You've got a rich dad. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay, if anybody wants to pray, just stay here for a few minutes. The rest of us, we've got 20 minutes until the bonanza continues. Please stay with us. Don't rush away, people. Introduce yourself to somebody new. If there's someone you don't recognize, just say hello and uh, ask them.